Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, fam. You know what? I have to take my pants off. I can't believe this is how we're starting the episode, but they are just so mother effing tight on my bladder. Like as I'm sitting here, they were fine when I was standing and then I sat down and I'm like, no, I cannot wear these whatsoever. I know I'm wearing pants. I can't believe it either, but I do have like two pairs. It's a white pair of H&M linen pant pants and I have to roll them under my bump, but that was just too much for my uterus and bladder. And let me tell you something, speaking of bladder, I don't understand how it's possible I can pee this much. I truly do not understand. Like it's such a confusing, oh, stay hydrated, you're pregnant, but I have to pee every 10 fucking seconds. Anytime I'm leaving the house, I'm like, okay, I got to pee right before I go. And then as I'm literally walking out the door, I'm like my bladder feels like I have to go again. And at night, forget about it. For fucking get about it. I am up all goddamn night long peeing and it's driving me insane. It's truly driving me fucking bonkers. Okay. Speaking of which, I my brain is fried. I have not really slept for the past three days. Pregnancy insomnia is hitting me way earlier than it did last time. And I kind of think that's just the theme of this pregnancy. Every symptom I'm having is exponentially earlier. I feel like I had a bump and couldn't fit in my pants at week like eight this time around. And my like literal vagina just fucking hurts. I'm just in pain. Like my vagina hurts around ligament pain. I feel like I had lightning crotch the other day, which freaked me out because I'm like, I'm only 25 weeks. What is happening? My hips are, everything hurts. So today is not one of those like I love pregnancy days. Today is my body feels like it's breaking down. Will my vagina ever feel the same? Is this baby just trying to kick its way out this early? Because of this insomnia, my brain is just not functioning properly. Yesterday I did an interview and it was one of those interviews that I loved the guests and I thought that they were great. But in my head, I'm like, God, you suck, Cameron. You are just not showing up the way you're supposed to be or the way you want to be. But such is life. We can't always be on. And that's kind of how I feel today. But the show must go on because with these solo episodes, I'm trying to make them more real time because I have more fun with it. It resonates more with you all. It seems to be more enjoyable as a whole for this community. So I got to get it done today. And that is going to play into this topic of what we're talking about. But anyway, it has to get done today. So when I usually am rambling and going on all different types of tangents, today could potentially be even more intense. But I actually sourced questions from you guys on this topic. So that's going to be helpful. So I'm not totally on my own. And originally this was going to be specifically focused on one thing and I'll get into that in a second. Well, okay, here we go. I was in the city yesterday as of me recording this last week, I guess, as of you listening to this. And I posted on my stories like today was just a day where everything worked and that's just rare, but it all kind of flowed as a family, our morning, it all worked and this is why and how we got out the door. And I did this like very detailed schedule of our mornings. And I got a lot of responses automatically with questions. And I was like, okay, people seem to care about this. And I'm in the season of leaning in to what seems to interest people, what 
people are caring about, what content is sticking. You know, I feel like I've kind of just been throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks and especially with the show. So then I asked, do you guys want an episode focused on talking about childcare and navigating our routines as a family? Because I do feel like I'm in this weird space, not weird, I don't know, just less common maybe, space where I'm part stay-at-home mom because Mondays and Fridays I am like, we don't have childcare and I'm the primary caregiver. So I try, I don't really have work on those days. And then obviously on the weekends, it's me and Joe together with him and no childcare. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have childcare. And so I'm this working mom from like nine to five. And it's been confusing for me to navigate. And for so long, I fought it of like, I wish my brain would just decide that I want to lean into one and that I could pick. And then I was like, wait, realistically for me, this is the best of both worlds. And yes, it's confusing sometimes. And yes, it comes with its own challenges, as does any decision with parenting, specifically when it comes to career and navigating everything. But for me, I actually think it's the best blend of both worlds and it fulfills me a lot. So I'm now leaning into that. Lean in. The theme of this episode. No. So I was like, would you guys be interested in an episode in this? And then people were saying, yes. You know, we did a poll, 70, 30, 70% majority, you win. Here's the episode. And I asked you for questions. So I have some of those. But then my friend, Emily, who has been on the show, I think now twice, Emily Dudnato, one of my favorite people who I met in this space, I guess now three and three years ago, maybe I was pregnant. So I guess three years ago and has become one of my closest real world friends and we're constantly in communication, but now we kind of live far away. So she came for the morning to hang out in the dirty jurors and we were hanging out and just talking about like how we're feeling mentally and how postpartum is going for her and how pregnancy is going for me. And we relate on many of the mental struggles around certain things and navigating work and all of that. And we were talking about our mornings and I was saying, how I get very overstimulated by things, but I've been reading in the morning and she was like, well, when, like what, when will you open your phone to look at social? And I told her that typically it's not until like two ish hours after I wake up and she was blown away. She's like, what the hell? I need you to judge me so that you will make me stop doing what I do of like opening my phone right when I wake up and scrolling on TikTok. And I was like, I'm not judging you. Everyone is so different, but I have figured out what works for me. So then we talked about this for like 45 minutes. And after she left, she texted me and was like, I cannot stop thinking about your morning routine. And I need you to do a solo episode on this. So then it got me thinking, this can be a combined episode because I realized that not everyone who listens to the show is a parent. So we're going to do part my morning routine and then how that plays into navigating childcare and the structure of like our days as parents on days that we're working or on days that we're not and navigating that entire process. So I'm parlaying, don't know if that's the right word, but we're gonna run with it. Both of these into one episode and here we go. Let's start off with morning routine. And I have a few disclaimers in the beginning of this because I think in social media, like, I don't know, two, three years ago, morning routines became this huge thing, or even still in today's world. And I think they're glamorized a lot. And I think that people then feel pressure of like, oh, I'm not doing this, or I have to do 10,000 things to make sure that I am like living in quote unquote wellness or healthy. And then there's a lot of pressure and it does just feel very like performative sometimes. So I want to start by saying, if you are not a morning person, that is okay. You do not have to force yourself to be a morning person. I forget what episode I talked about this on, 
but someone was like, I'm just not a morning person. And I've just leaned into that. And I'm more creative at night. I get more stuff done. Like, good for you. Figure out what the fuck works for you and do that. That is the main thing underlying message of this entire episode, both with the parenting stuff, the childcare, all of it. Figure out what works for you and your family and do that. Do not let someone else's, I don't know, story completely change the way you go about your life if their version doesn't work for you. Because we're all very different. We're all wired differently. I personally have always been a morning person. My brain does not function at night. Even in college at like nine o'clock, the nights before like exams or papers are due when everyone's pulling all nighters, I'm like, I'm done here. If anything, I will have to wake up at like six and finish this, but my brain does not work past this hour. I have never pulled an all nighter in my entire life, which I think really surprises people, but it's just never, I can't even fathom what that would feel like. Cannot fathom. So I've always been a morning person. Our household has always woken up early. Even when I was a kid, I remember being a teenager and my best friend would sleep so late and I would call her house. I'm not kidding. 20 times before she woke up, I'd start calling at like 830. I'm like, is Lizzie awake? Is Lizzie awake? Is Lizzie awake? Is Lizzie awake? And then eventually I just show up because I wanted to hang out with her by her pool. But I was never the teenager that just like slept late. I don't know if it's just in my genetic makeup or because our house was loud early on, but we are just early risers. And because of that, I also think, I don't know if it helped or that's what led me to the industry or the industry intensified this. But with my old corporate job, I started off being at the desk at like 6.30. Eventually, I think I was able to get there around like 7.15, but it's just early morning work. So I've always been a morning person. For me, I fucking love the quiet of the morning. There is nothing more enjoyable to me. Like, honestly, then that, well, yes, there are things that are more enjoyable to me, like playing with our son. But I love having an hour to myself of not being bothered when it's quiet and it feels like the world hasn't woken up yet. I especially loved it in New York because it felt silent and peaceful in comparison to like the normal city buzz. And I'm sure this ties into ADHD and overstimulation and just wanting peace and quiet. And that's when I find it. And I know that that's why some people like night times. I just personally don't feel that way about night, but I get why you would. And because of that, I make it such a priority to make that time for myself. And that's why any of this happens is because I'm a better version of myself when I have time for myself before helping others, such as our child. I need to fill up my cup, which is why I wake up earlier than him. Are you ready to take control of your finances and stop throwing money away? Introducing Rocket Money, the ultimate personal finance app designed specifically for you. Did you know that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about? That could be hundreds of dollars wasted each year. But with Rocket Money, you can finally say goodbye to these forgotten subscriptions and start saving. Rocket Money finds all your subscriptions for you, making it easy to identify the ones you no longer use. You just hit cancel and Rocket Money will take care of the rest. It is really that simple. I am embarrassed to say that I had so many subscriptions I had forgotten about that were just automatically charging my credit card after the like 30-day free trial window had expired. I was recently on a walk with my mom and we were talking about this exact thing. And I told her all about Rocket Money because she is horrified by how many she thinks she probably has hiding in her credit card bill. Rocket Money doesn't stop there. It's a powerful all-in-one tool that helps you manage your entire financial life. With automatic expense categorization and real-time budget tracking, you'll always be in control. Rocket Money also keeps you informed and alerts you if anything looks off, which it has done for me a few times and has been so helpful. It's like having a personal financial advisor in your pocket. Join the over 3 million people who have already used Rocket Money and saved an average of $720 a year. Imagine what you could do with that extra money in your pocket. FFAM, it is time to take charge of your financial future. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Cameron. That's rocketmoney.com slash Cameron. Rocketmoney.com slash Cameron. Have you ever found yourself desperately searching for a new doctor? You ask everyone you know for recommendations, hoping to find that one doctor who truly gets you, listens to you, and makes you feel super comfortable? Well, I have been there. And let me tell you, the struggle is very real. But guess what? 
I have found a solution that will save you from the frustration and the disappointment, and that is ZocDoc. ZocDoc is your go-to place to find and book amazing doctors who are not only top-rated, but also accept your insurance. No more compromising on the quality of care you deserve. You know the feeling when you finally find the perfect item you've been searching for online, and it has all the right features and amazing reviews, and it arrives at your doorstep in just 48 hours? Well, imagine if finding a good doctor was just as easy. With ZocDoc, it can be. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. We are talking about booking appointments with thousands of top rated patient reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance are located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. Say goodbye to long waiting times and the uncertainty of whether a doctor is any good. ZocDoc puts the power back in your hands. So if you're on the search for a doctor to help with whatever health struggle you are facing, it's time to head over to ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Cameron and download the ZocDoc app for free and then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Cameron. ZocDoc.com slash Cameron. A Dear Media original podcast. Her name is Coco. For a while, it seemed like Coco Berthman was everywhere. There was this girl from Germany who had been trafficked in a most horrible way. But in early 2022, it all fell apart and people started questioning everything Coco had ever said. Is her name even fucking Coco? We don't even know that. I'm Sarah Gannam, host of Believable, the Coco Berthman story, a new investigative series from Dear Media. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. So what is my morning routine? Oh, I forgot the other caveat. I think it can be really easy to obsess over things. And I have been in this mentality in the past where I would become so obsessed with this like 15 step morning routine. And if I didn't do it or get everything checked off, I'd be like, my day's fucking ruined. And it caused more anxiety than helped. And I think it's really important to assess that and figure out what is feasible, you know, like, sure, I would love to do a hundred things, quite literally a hundred things before our son woke up for the day. But obviously that's not fucking feasible. So figure out what works for you and run with that. Try it. See if you feel better. And then maybe you add things if you want to, but it doesn't have to be this all or nothing mentality. And even if you have a routine that you know and you love, there are going to be days where it's just not going to happen. Hello, that's the world we live in. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be 100% of the time as long as you're making an effort to make it the majority. So my morning routine right now, I wake up around 6. I would love for that to be closer to like 5.30, 5.45, but I just think that's going to have to be a thing again once I recover from postpartum because it just ain't really happening pregnant. I wake up at six, I meditate in bed for 20 minutes. And again, that can be a five minute session, but I did Ziva meditation training and our practice is 20 minutes, but it does not have to be 20 minutes if you're looking to enter the world of meditation. Then I go downstairs and I wanna clarify, I will tell you when I look at my phone. So until this point, my phone has not been looked at. I will go downstairs. I usually greet Charlie because he sleeps in the guest room, but then he meanders down to the sofa at some point in the morning. So I say hi to him. I pour a glass of water and AG1 and lemon. And then I sit on the couch. And this sounds so like la, 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 la. But really, it doesn't take that long. I just want to give you the breakdown. I was sitting outside, but now we have a sprinkler system and that runs at like 530 in the morning. So it's still like soaking wet out there. So now I'm just inside, which is fine because it's fucking hot as hell out here. I sit on the couch with Charlie at my feet or on my lap and cuddle him for a bit, wrap myself up in a cozy blanket. And I write in my journal for like 10 minutes. And people get very intimidated, I think, by this idea of a journal, because it's like, what will I even say? What do I do? I don't know. And let me start by saying the reason I like journaling is because my brain is never fucking not going. I have 10,000 things happening in my brain at all times. And for me, it's the best way to start my day where I can just like offload all of those thoughts. So this is not something that like one day I would turn into a book and 
print and like share with the world because half of it doesn't even fucking make sense. Literally today's was I'm so fucking tired. Why can't I sleep? Pregnancy is kicking my ass. This is my reminder that like this is really hard and I don't think I want to do this a third time. Like it is not these big realizations or grand aha moments. It's just me spitting out what is in my brain. And for me, it just helps to get those thoughts out there. I do love adding in some form of gratitude practice. So usually after I'm just offloading my word vomit, I will write down like I'm so grateful for whether it's I slept through the night or Liam and our playtime last night or the fact that I get to see someone today, whatever it is that I'm grateful for. I think that that's always an important ending point. And then I will every once in a while, and this happens way more sporadically, honestly hasn't happened in a bit. And this is typically if it's like, oh, I have 30 minutes in the afternoon where I can sit down with my journal and write. I will do more of like these manifestation practices where I'm writing as if things have happened that I want to happen. So I did it when we were looking for a house. I would write these journaling sessions. Actually, I would love to look back at those where I was like, I'm so grateful that we found the house for us and that I feel so safe and comfortable here and that it brings me so much joy and peace and it's calming and we all feel warm and welcomed here and it's filled with people I love. And I wrote out these things as if they had happened in the hopes of like manifesting that positive experience. Did it work? I honestly don't know my thoughts on manifestation. I'm always like, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt, but I'm not like I manifested this life. I do think you I do think a lot of things I'm doing now I dreamed of once and sure, maybe manifestation has a play in that. But I also think it's more, if it's something you want, your actions are going to hopefully align to get you to that place and maybe putting pen to paper helps with that. So I do that manifestation practice typically more in like the afternoon or on a weekend when I have more time to really get into it. But anyways, after like 10-ish minutes of writing, what I've been doing lately is I love reading. You know how I feel about my romance novels. But if I start reading nonfiction in the morning, then I just get hooked and like I don't want to stop and whatever. So I do love self-help books, but I'm never going to read that at night. It's never going to happen. So what I like to do is give myself 10 minutes in the morning to just read something that I find inspiring or helpful in some way. So I'm going to talk about this in my newsletter probably once I'm done with it and This is maybe a potential upcoming guest if I can get her on because I find it really fascinating and helpful. But right now, the book I'm reading is Self-Care for People with ADHD, 100 Plus Ways to Recharge, De-Stress, and Prioritize You. I'll link it in the show notes. But something like that where my brain is stimulated, I'm able to like still slowly enter the day, but I'm not being flooded with outside information or other people's lives, i.e. social media or asks or wants from other people, whether it be text messages or emails or whatever. And this just like starts my day off on a positive note and makes me feel like I'm doing something good, quite honestly. Then I make my coffee. I go upstairs. I work out for like 15 minutes, go to the bathroom and then wake up Liam. And then at this point is when I guess we can get into like the childcare aspect of all of this. On the days that we have childcare, They arrive around nine. So no matter what, every day, and then obviously on the other two days, way more of the day, but I'm with him until nine. And Joe works from home four out of the five days, which is such a fucking blessing. The best thing that could have come out of COVID is like the shift in this commute situation and work-life balance for him, but I also know for many. And I'm so grateful for that. And I realize it's a mass privileged. I know that not everyone gets to do that, but for me, it's incredibly helpful because I definitely take on mornings. Like that's a task that I own and he is with Charlie, but I can always like rely on him if there's a change in schedule, if I need something, if I'm trying to do something like he can adapt a bit on certain days. So we make our breakfast and someone was like, how do you decide what to have breakfast? I'm not kidding. This kid eats the same thing every fucking morning. 
Every morning he wants mush. He is mush's number one customer. I really believe that, like the biggest fan. He wants his oatmeal every single morning. So it's very easy to decide what we're having because 99% of the time it's that. But we have our breakfast and then typically we like hang out for a bit. My parents usually FaceTime around this time. And then we go upstairs, get him dressed or I try to. And that's typically when like I tried to shower and get ready for the day. And people were kind of ast- astonished by this. And it obviously, again, what works for your family and depends on your child. He is someone that like, if I give him something, whether it's his keyboard or his drum set or like this bin of, I don't know, these like pom-pom like paper stick, I don't know, whatever it is, a toy, bring it into our bedroom, shut our bedroom door and leave my bathroom door open. I can shower and like talk to him. It's a body shower. It's all of 30 seconds. And he's in there talking to me, just like hanging out. Then he's with me while I'm getting ready, asking me 10,000 questions about my makeup, what I'm doing, what this is, what, what this goes on, all of those things. And then try to get ready. Some mornings we'll go for a walk. That doesn't happen every morning, but that's kind of like the goal. And then at some point, someone will pick up our sitter if it's days where she's commuting in. And on the days that it is our in-laws, they arrive around nine. And at that point, I kind of like transfer from, okay, I'm full mom to now I'm going to go work. And I usually head upstairs to my office and try to get my day started. That transition for us has honestly gotten much easier It was really difficult in our apartment because I would be in our bedroom and that's like right next to the only other room that they'd be playing in. So if they were in the apartment and he was younger and he was just way more attached and less independent, it would constantly be like trying to get into my room, trying to be with me. If I left the room to go do something and I walked into their room, if I like needed a snack or a glass of water, it was such a process for me to leave again because then I was there and then he wanted me. So With age, it has absolutely gotten easier, but also with space, just setting up a space that's like mine where the door shut in my office that I can escape to and be like, okay, goodbye. And now also he's older where I can say like, mommy's going up to work. If you need me, you know where I am. But for right now, you're going to play with Egg, our sitter, or BB and Gigi, his in-laws. And he honestly loves them all so much. Like he loves the people he's spending time with so fucking much that I really he doesn't miss me. Like the transition is fine, but obviously that's a very case by case situation. So typically we're working from home. We're still like seeing him. We're in and out of the kitchen. We're trying to eat lunch together, all of those things. And then around five o'clock, either my in-laws leave or we take our sitter back to the train station. And then we kind of tag team that like last hour. Typically Joe's spending more time with him because I'm cooking dinner, especially if I'm trying to record whatever I'm making to turn into content. And then Joe handles the full like bath bedtime situation. I sing him a song and then he goes down. So for us, we are absolutely a hundred percent like schedule oriented routine parents. And recently I've spent time with a lot of friends, especially this summer, just like whether it's weekends somewhere or full days spent together. And it's very clear when you're with other parents and children that everyone parents so differently. And I was having this conversation with my parents because they were asking like, how does it make you feel to see this be done so differently? Does it make you question what you're doing? Or are you happy with what you're doing? And I even said this to my therapist, there is no good or bad way to parent other than the obvious of like, I am ruling out you being like verbally or physically abusive and all of that. I'm saying in general, like parenting that's done well, which all of the people I'm spending time with are doing. There's no like good or bad, whether you're scheduled or not, whatever. But there is a good or bad for each parent. Like there is a right way for me personally to parent and a wrong way because I know how I would feel personally doing the opposite. And let's take schedules, for instance. I was with my girlfriend and she said to me like, wow, you are really like, I'm impressed with the schedule you have Liam on. And I said, I personally have to and have since the beginning because if he's not on a schedule, my anxiety gets pretty bad because I never know when I'm gonna have time for myself to decompress and to like, 
I don't know if deregulate is the word, but to just shut my brain off for a bit. So whether it's his nap or whether it's my morning or whether it's my night when he's asleep, I personally need that time because my brain is constantly running 100 miles per hour. And when it comes to parenting, it's just times 10 when he's up. So I need that for me. I know that I would be much less happy, but also mentally well if I didn't have that. And she, for her, was saying that personally, she felt schedules just gave her a lot of anxiety where she felt this rigidity and was stressed about living up to it and just felt tied down to it. And I was like, I totally can see how someone can feel that way. Absolutely. And that's the matter of fact, everyone is different. So yes, we are incredibly like schedule routine oriented people, but that doesn't mean that you have to be. You have to figure out what is best for you, your family and your child. FFM, let me tell you about a morning staple of mine and daily essential over the past few years that I am continuously raving about. AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I started drinking AG1 because I was tired of taking so many supplements and I wanted a single solution that supports my entire body and covers all of my nutritional basis every day. It's made a huge difference in my life. I drink AG1 in the morning before starting my day and let me tell you, it makes me feel unstoppable. Since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed so many wonderful benefits from sustained energy throughout the day to improved digestion and even support for my mental clarity and focus, it has been amazing. AG1 is truly a comprehensive foundational nutrition supplement that delivers the nutrients my body craves. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. It's a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. It's like a nutritional powerhouse in a single scoop. Speaking of the scoop, I love that AG1 is delivered monthly to my door so I never have to worry about running out. They even have travel packs so I can take my AG1 on the go and never miss a day. And it tastes great. I just mix it with water, but some people love to add lemon for a little extra acidity. I feel confident every day that I've taken care of my health first thing in the morning. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash FFF. That's drinkag1.com slash FFF to check it out. Busy parents, friends, and home cooks, I have got something exciting to share with you today that will make your weeknight dinners a breeze. Plus, it will immediately spark childhood memories if you grew up in a kitchen similar to mine. It is all about Pillsbury Crescent Rolls and the deliciously simple recipes you can create with them. Growing up, these were one of my absolute favorite parts of dinner time, and still have me feeling so nostalgic whenever I smell their golden, delicious crust cooking in the oven. Pillsbury Crescent Rolls can be a game changer in your kitchen. Sure, they are great side as is, but with just a few simple steps, you can fill, roll, bake, and whip up kid-pleasing dinner recipes that won't take all night. Simply roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll and voila, you've got a quick and easy spin on weeknight recipes that will please even the pickiest eaters. Pillsbury Crescents take center stage as they transform from a side dish to a main attraction. Need some dinner inspo? Check out pillsbury.com for mouth-watering recipes like pepperoni pizza crescent rolls, chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, and ham and cheese crescent rolls. Yum! me. We all know that time is precious, especially during those busy evenings. But with Pillsbury Crescent Rolls, which you can find in a dairy aisle of your favorite grocery store, you can have dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. Say goodbye to the stress of mealtime and hello to delicious simplicity. If you're looking for dinner ideas that are quick, easy, and picky eater approved, Pillsbury Crescent Rolls are your secret weapon. Give them a try and discover the joy of fill, roll, and bake for yourself. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com and start your culinary adventure today. Your weeknight dinners will never be the same. So I want to answer some questions that you all submitted. How do you handle the constant change of routine for every season? And how old was your son when you felt you could have some form of routine? So I'm actually going to answer the first part, the second part of that question first. How old was your son when you felt you could have some form of routine? Because I don't technically remember how old he was. I'm really sorry. I'm sure that's annoying. Maybe it was like month three or four that I felt I could implement some form of routine because I think he was like sleeping through the night at that point. 
and I felt more rested and like a little bit more like myself, but it definitely wasn't like fresh from the beginning. I will say we did implement like for feeding and sleeping routine. We did use full feedings. I'll link it in the show notes because I actually think I have a discount now for you all. But we use that as like our Bible for feeding and naps because I said to my friend the other day, they just straight up discharge you from the hospital and they're like, good luck. And had I not met Anne from Full Feedings before, I don't know what the fuck I would have done because I would have had no idea when the kid was supposed to sleep or eat. So we use that as our Bible, mainly for like our sanity of, oh, I know when this is supposed to happen or I know the last time I did it and when the next time I'm supposed to when it comes to feeding or sleeping or any of those things. And then how do you handle the constant change of routine? This is something that used to cause me a lot of anxiety because I definitely was a even more intensely routine oriented person back in my like 20s. And I think having a kid tested a lot of these things for me when I was 30, I think I had Liam, because I remember feeling like, oh, I'm finally in the flow of things. And then the schedule changes, you know, the naps change, you drop a nap or now they're napping at this hour. And you're like, well, shit, I had this whole thing working out with their nine o'clock nap. And now it's at 11. So now what do I do? And it just felt constant. And I think the reality and what I've come to accept is that unfortunately is just, I think parenting that like every time you feel you have something under control, something changes. And that can be their nap schedule, that can be their school programming, that can be just, oh, you finally feel like you have it under control, now it's time to potty train. Like so much when they're young, especially, is changing and adapting. And with that, I was trying to really remind myself that every stage is going to be temporary. So figuring out what works for me in that stage. And then maybe in the next stage, I'll be able to do more of something else that I've been wanting to do, but just haven't been able to at that time. But there were still like non-negotiables for me. So like some of them being, I really wanted to meditate every day. I really wanted to journal every day. I wanted to try to move my body X amount of times a week. And they might not all be at the same time in every season, but figuring out how to prioritize making them still daily, if I could, occurrences within each season. The next question is, how do you fit in time with Joe? To be totally honest, we have been very bad about this during my pregnancy. I think we found our groove again things change. We found our groove when I was like six months postpartum where we were trying to implement these night dates twice a month. And I have a whole highlight on TikTok or Instagram. I forget. I think it's Instagram about these date nights. And we were doing a really good job. And then when I got pregnant, all kind of shit just hit the fan. And that is true for many things. Oh, I should also say none of this fucking morning routine happened during my first trimester. Absolutely not. I was waking up to Liam waking up. Like I needed sleep more than anything. I will say, I think it played into, I think it played a role in how depressed I was because I wasn't having time for myself, but I also just had to prioritize sleep. So I want to clarify that for anyone who might be like in their first trimester listening to this, being how questioning how the fuck a pregnant woman wakes up that early. It was not happening when I was in my first trimester. And I definitely don't think I was doing this when I was pregnant with my first because I didn't have another kid to take care of. So I could find time for myself in other aspects of the day, but everything changes when you have a child. So that's just my reality now. But we have not been good about finding time for each other, like quality time during this pregnancy. Also just because we moved and I got pregnant three weeks later. So there's just a lot being going on and change and things to be done. But I will say that's one of the reasons why we are routine oriented and care so much about sleep is because typically Liam's down around like 730 and we fall asleep around 10. So that gives us two and a half hours if we're both home and neither of us have to work to spend some time together. Yes, sometimes that's spent like last night trying to figure out the last or what we're going to order to decorate this room or house things and fixing our AC and calling people and making appointments and sending reminders and going through schedule and like the not fun aspects of homeowning and parenting and just marriage. But sometimes that's also spent connecting or watching a show, just talking, reading together, et cetera. So 
that's where we spend our time together. I think when I'm not pregnant and we have this second child, maybe we'll look into more like weekend potential childcare every once in a while to like go do something fun during the day, the two of us. But right now that's just not happening. How much brain space does this take up for you? I'm pregnant with my first and I'm stressed. I'm not going to lie. It takes up a lot of fucking brain space. But what I will say is that for me, my routines have helped take away some of that constant chatter because I just rely on them and it's not an constant like conversation. For instance, division of labor. I know I've talked about this a lot and I'll link the old episode in the show notes, but that's why we do that because I don't want to constantly be thinking about every single task that needs to get done in our lives and neither does Joe. And so by dividing them and being very clear on who owns what, I don't have to ever worry about the other ones. Like Joe owns the task of recycling, trash, all of that kind of stuff. Just for example, that's one of them. And I never even think about what day it is or whether the trash has to go out or any of those things because it's his task. It is completely out of my radar, never even thought of, doesn't take up brain space. And that's why we do that. And that's why I also rely on routines. I remember my sister and I having this conversation recently where she was like, wow, you were so regimented. And I'm like, I actually don't think I'm regimented. I think I've just figured out how to best help and assist my brain to function as well as it can. Because if I woke up and immediately was, oh, fuck, I never told you when I looked at my phone. All right, hold on. But if I woke up and immediately was scrolling TikTok, my brain would be so goddamn overstimulated. I would lose my mind for the rest of the day. And it would also send me into this spiral of immediately comparing myself to others, whether it be personally or professionally, because my work is on there. And it would just set such a negative tone for me for the day. And I know that about myself. So that's why I rely on these routines. I rely on these routines so that I can be the most patient version of myself as a parent as possible. And the human that I want to be. So it's not even regimented. It's just like, I know what makes me the best version and I'm going to prioritize that. And by knowing that and relying on it and making it a routine, I don't even have to think about it because it's second nature. When it comes to my phone in the mornings, before I work out, I will look at my text messages and emails just quickly, not always emails, but sometimes go through my texts because again, if I'm asleep at 10, I'm missing some of my like group chats or other texts from friends and run through emails for a second and I don't respond to any, but I delete spam and junk. No matter how many times I unsubscribe, I'm still somehow inundated. And I have a file in my emails called do later because I am someone who needs the inbox at zero but I'm not always in a place to respond. So I file everything into this folder. And then when I have time to actually go through on my laptop and like answer and respond and sit down and do emails, I go into my do later tab. And it's one of the best things I've implemented for myself. So just a tip if you are like me. So anyway, it takes up a lot of brain space, but that is why I rely on these routines for myself and this division of labor and that type of stuff, because then it helps take that questioning or decision-making out of the process. How are you going to navigate this with baby number two? That's a great fucking question. And I would love for someone to figure that out for me. I have no goddamn idea. None. I, I feel like everyone keeps asking me this and I have no clue. We are sending our son to school three days a week. So that will be helpful because it's like extended hours. We plan to still have our sitter involved. We haven't like organized all of that yet. There's a six to maybe eight week, maybe it's seven week window, assuming I deliver around my due date where he will be in school and the baby will not be born yet. So I don't know. I think we'll probably have our sitter. We actually were just talking about this. I'm like, can you still maybe come like once a week to help around the house and then pick him up from school and have him for the afternoon? I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I'm so stressed about the idea of it. I'm working my fucking ass off right now, grinding as much as I can to prepare to allow a maternity leave because I really want to prioritize that time. And I think it's vital for my mental health and as a family, and we should all be entitled to that time. But unfortunately, we're not in this country. So I don't know, but it's going to have to be figured out soon. And I'm just going to take you along that journey as we go. 
How do you manage last minute changes with schedule and childcare? This is tough. And it's something that I struggle with a lot because I have the less regimented corporate job. So it does inherently fall on me. However, I will say that Joe is incredible in trying to make sure it doesn't all fall on me. But the matter of fact is like his world and work is way more meetings operated and organized and focused, whereas mine is not. Like the most days I don't have meetings, so like I can be more flexible. That's just the reality of our two jobs and there's nothing anyone can do about that. On the days where I'm, for instance, going into the city for interviews or have like actual things that are scheduled that I can't be as flexible with, then we navigate it together of like, okay, who can kind of pick up the slack or how important is said meeting? Because at some point, if we both have meetings, one of us is going to have to give. And so that kind of varies, but it's really difficult. I think that's the hardest part about all of this. You know, you rely on things, but people get sick, kids get sick, things happen. You know, I know people who have kids in daycare and if the kid's sick, then they can't go to daycare. And then you got to figure out how the fuck to take care of the kid for the day when you're both working. So that is definitely a massive challenge. And those are the days where it's not perfect whatsoever. We're scrambling. We're trying to make do. I'm half in, half out. The days where I don't love at all because I feel like I don't accomplish anything when it comes to parenting or work, but it's never going to be perfect. And giving myself grace with that and being like, okay, this is just a day or a small period of time. This is not forever. It's not always going to go the way I want it to, but buckle up because you don't have a fucking choice. Really, that's honestly like the only reality. I, I don't really have more like logistical answers. It, it totally just depends. When the child is up, how do you balance playing with them versus checking off the to-do list? And how do you get work done with Liam home and no sitter? So the second part of that, how do you get work done with Liam home and no sitter? I really try to organize my life so that the times I'm with Liam, I am not working. And that means on Mondays and Fridays when I'm with him and no childcare, I have no meetings scheduled. If I do, it has to be within the window of his nap. And I am prioritizing us and doing things together, putting my phone down, and then during nap time, cramming in as much as I possibly can, and then doing more at night when Joe taps back in or just pushing things to the next day. And that is completely not relevant to many people's work, but that's how I'm able to navigate my job, I guess, which I realize is very different than many people's work, but that's just how I've tried to structure everything. So I don't structure meetings on those days unless it's massively important and there's no other option. And if so, it has to be within his nap. However, on days where like something changes with the schedule or childcare falls through or something, I might have stuff scheduled that I have to do that I also then have him for or with me. And it's not ideal, but you know, the kid's going to see us work, obviously. So I do have that little keyboard that I got him from Amazon for Christmas that everyone made fun of me for that he loves. He calls it his office. So I will try to set him up with that. I'll try to set him up with like a movie or Miss Rachel on the couch in the same room. And I can just put in headphones and be in the corner and take the meeting or call or do what I need to get done or do things outside. If I can set up his water table and I can take the call outside and like mute myself when I need to, that's kind of how I try to navigate that. But it's not perfect. And for me personally, with being overstimulated, but also just how I won't try to navigate life. I really try to separate them as much as possible. So if I'm doing one, I'm trying not to do the other. Oh, the other part of that question, how do you balance being with them and checking off the to-do list? So if it's my personal to-do list, Liam is running errands with me. I have not, I never go grocery shopping without Liam because that's a task I own, grocery shopping in this house. And that's a task that I can absolutely do with Liam. So I bring him with me. He sits in that car, like cart. He is happy as a goddamn clam. He loves it. We have fun, whatever. There are obviously tasks that I can't do with him. I'm trying to think of what those are, but like I bring him on errands. So even on days where I'm with him, we're not like playing with his toys the entire day. We're doing fun things. We're going to the jungle gym. We're going to the park. Maybe we have a class, whatever. But we're also running errands. We're going to the grocery store. We're dropping off stuff at UPS if we need to. We're doing whatever it might be, 
getting our car washed. If I can do the errands with him, he's coming along for the ride. Like even household errands, laundry. He loves doing laundry. He thinks it's so fun. Cleaning up things, like emptying the dishwasher, he likes to try and help with. So all of those things we try to include him with also because I think it's also just important. I want him to realize that he's going to have to do a lot of these things as well. And then the last question is, do you always stick to same roles or do you switch pending each of your work days? And there were many more questions submitted, but I've somehow now talked for a very long time. So I have to cap this episode. For the most part, we try to stick to the same roles. Like in the mornings, I know that I'm on duty with our son and Joe is on Charlie duty. And that's like pretty concrete. And same with the nights, like Joe is on bed and bath routine and I'm on Charlie duty. Obviously, if like now that I've been getting in my tennis era, if there's a day where I have like a morning tennis lesson, I confirm with Joe's work schedule, like, can you be with him until 8.30? And if so, then he takes the morning and I block off that time on our shared Apple or Google, whatever it is, Google calendar. Or if he has a work dinner, then I'm like, okay, obviously I pick up the slack. Someone's got to bathe and put him to bed. Like I will obviously be doing that. So Yes, there are circumstances where we do swap, but for the most part, we stick to the roles so that we don't have to like have these conversations about who's doing what and it's just kind of set and it doesn't waste brain space, I guess. That's kind of the answer. So I hope this episode was helpful both for people who just are curious about routines and scheduling and all that and then parents who are also trying to navigate this. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you so much for listening as always. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.